Welcome to Co-Creation Station with Colin and Stephanie, a podcast about the law of attraction, the art of allowing, spiritual magic, and how to enjoy this strange and miraculous journey we call life. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now here are your hosts, Colin and Stephanie. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Co-Creation Station, the podcast where we talk about spiritual magic, the law of attraction, the mind-body-spirit connection, and how to best enjoy this mystical, miraculous, mysterious, crazy, sometimes confounding, but always incredible journey we call life. My name is Colin. I'm a musician, teacher, and tarot oracle card reader. My name is Stephanie, and I help people shift away from negative thinking. And uh, we want to thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you're listening to the audio version on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you are watching us on our YouTube channel, thank you so much for watching us there. If you feel called to uh, like us, review us, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we would love it if you did that. Uh, it helps us a lot and we'd be very grateful to you. Uh, here on Co-Creation Station, we start our conversation from a different starting point each week. And uh, this week, Stephanie... I'm going to turn it over to you to, to right. kick off uh, so discussion we, here. Yeah, yes. we've invited Evan to be our guest today because as you know, if you've listened to us, watched us for a bit, um, you know, we talk a lot about the art of allowing here on Co-Creation Station and Evan has a great art of allowing story. And so Colin and I both have known Evan for several years now. Um, great guy and we've welcome Evan so glad you're here with us today thank you thank you glad to see you guys glad to uh, be asked thank you so tell us let's go back to the beginning um, prior to our conversation you were going to an event Okay, so that's not really the beginning, is it? Oh, is it? Okay, okay. No, 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 no. No, tell us. Well, then you we tell. Talk about how I was raised. We're going to stick right. to the art of allowing. So, to your specific. <laughs> All right, so we're going to fast Moment forward. Moment in time bit. in your life. Past <laughs> childhood and college. Okay. So. So there. So. I was living in San Diego, okay, which I'd been, had been, I've, I lived in San Diego for a long time. And I was, uh, there's a bass store, okay, where they sell bass guitars in San Diego that I loved to go to, where they sold really, really expensive, nice equipment. And so I would go, you know, I would go there to, to buy buy usually like little things for myself cables and stuff like that and ooh and ah like the beautiful instruments that they had laid out there and uh you know i i at that time i had been a musician sort of like years ago like actively with with a band and we had a little record deal and stuff like that but it had been years and years and years you know it had been maybe 14 years 14 years since I had been in a band or anything like that and I would do I would just noodle around at home but in any case one time I went into this store Bay San Diego and I saw this bass 
displayed this beautiful orange colored base, which I learned later was pumpkin orange. And it was there on a, there on a stand with raffle tickets circling it. Oh, wow. Right? <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's like all, it's all there circled by raffle, by raffle tickets. And when I, you know, when I saw this, uh, you know, I was like, what the, what the heck is this? You know, because it would be really strange to be raffling off some kind of high piece, high end piece of equipment like this. And so anyway, I, uh, I said, hey, you know, can we get the, these tickets off of it? And can I, can I play this thing a little bit? And they're like, sure, sure. So anyway, I, I, I played it for a little bit. And I was like, oh, my God, this thing is just like butter it is just like the the most amazing freaking bass so beautiful and then i started asking questions about like well what what's the what's the deal with this is there is this is this really going to be like raffled off and they're like yep we're gonna there's gonna be an event coming up you know in uh in a couple months where we're gonna we're gonna have this event and uh you know tickets tickets will be sold and and you know you can enter a chance to win i was like all right great well the thing was the thing was is that you know i was like can i just buy a ticket now and they're like no the you know you have to be at you have to be at the event uh -huh. in order to participate in the raffle okay so i put the event on my calendar but um what it what it, what ended up happening was that I was very busy with like doing different stuff, acting, comedy, improv, different things, classes, and as it turned out, there was a uh, a conflict between being able to go to that event and some of my classes as it as it turned out. And really for where I was at in my life, there was no way that I was going to cancel class to go to this event, you know, for a chance to win, uh, for the slight chance to win, win a bass guitar. Like I really, you know, for me, I was committed to going to my classes. And as it turned out, like a couple days before the bass event, the the event at Bay San Diego, the teacher reached out to our group and said, "Up, oh, class is canceled on Saturday." And I was just like, "Yes, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to this event." And uh, you know, my mind was swimming with with that bass in my head. I was like, "All right, I'm gonna, you know, what I need to do? I need to just like." muscle my way into ownership of that of that bass guitar i'm gonna buy like i'm gonna buy like 50 tickets and just, and just hope hope that that's like enough to uh to do it you know i was prepared to spend like hundreds of dollars you know like it was like ten dollars a ticket so like buy like maybe like 50 tickets and take a chance even though i had like nowhere near that kind of money at, at all <laughs> And so, so before pulling the trigger on that, I did slow down a little bit and I was like, you know what? 
why don't I talk to my friend Stephanie about this? Because Stephanie, in my mind, there was a couple things about Stephanie that made me want to consult with her, which was one, well, she had a little bit of a history of, of like winning like crazy contests on the radio. And, and I wanted to get a little bit of perspective from her, but really more importantly, Stephanie was somebody that I looked up to for lessons in abundance and sort of what I would, what I would call spiritual practices. And so really that is why I, I went to Stephanie and asked her, Hey, what do you think? You know, this base is freaking amazing. I really want this thing. It, and, and, and I told her my plan about, you know, buying all the you know, <laughs> tickets and she's just like, you know, I don't remember exactly, but I think it was something along the lines of like, Hmm. I don't think that's such a great idea. <laughs> you know, one, one thing that I've been trying to do for a long time is to create budgets and live within my means. And so the one, so the first thing was, the first thing was like, well, is this really in your budget to be able to, even though it's actually proceeds go to charity, is it really in your budget to buy, like spend all this money on buying tickets? As is like, absolutely not, not at all. And so Stephanie recommended staying within my spending plan, okay? And to, and to not be obsessed about winning this thing, about putting it out to the universe that yes, I'd, I'd love to win this thing. To spend, you know, spend what spend what I can, what's what's legitimately within my within my resources to spend, okay, and then put it out there into the universe that I'd love to own this this beautiful bass guitar, but the the other instruction was really you know let go of the outcome go to that event and go have fun and really look for opportunities to have fun, to interact with people, to put positive, fun energy into the event, into life. You know, sort of that idea of uh, not looking to see what I can take from a situation, but see what I can contribute to a situation. So I went, so, I went to that event and I bought a ticket and the, the event was like hours and hours. And, but it didn't, it, it felt like hours and hours a little bit because I was like, I really want this thing, you know, still, <laughs> it was hard to let go, you know? And, and, but what was occupying my time there was that there was like these famous music, musicians at this event. One, two, two big names in bass guitar. One is named Jerry Jamat, who was a prolific studio player, played with people like King Curtis and Aretha Franklin for years wow. and years 
and many others. And another guy named Chuck Rainey, who was like my hero growing up, he was a, um, he was on just like a score of Steely Dan albums. And he was, you know, if you know 70s TV show themes, he's the guy. He was the guy uh. playing like, you know, like moving on up by the Jefferson stuff uh. like that. And was awesome, awesome bass player. And so I was getting to like hang out with these guys during this event. Wow. So it really, it, it ended up being very high energy fun for me of being around these people who were like my heroes. But nonetheless, it was still like lurking in the back of the, my, my mind about this base, of course. And, you know, they keep, they were giving away sort of all these different things, okay? And people are getting, uh, you know, such and such person, you have won, blah, 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 right? And, uh, you know, and the base is the, it was the, the grand prize, the last thing of the evening. And just before, you know, right, right before, you know, it, you know, maybe maybe about two hours into this event, I was like, "All right, I'm going to buy one more ticket." So I bought like <laughs> a set. I bought like a second ticket, and um, but the the end of the story is is real, or not exactly the end of the story. But what ended up happening is that they called my name. And, uh, and it wasn't the second ticket. It was that first ticket. Oh, yeah. It, it was that first ticket that, that won the prize. I was completely blown away and shocked. I mean, that I won this unbelievable <laughs> instrument. And it was handed to me by Chuck Rainey, who is like my, my hero. Like here you go, here you go. Up my legs. I mean, it was just, it was just un unbelievable, and it's uh, just so thrilling. <laughs> and I mean, and, and really, this is years ago at this point, and it's still absolutely thrilling, thrilling to me that that whole experience. And and what ended up happening was. I feel like there was purpose behind me winning that that instrument, whether that's true or not. I just it, it was just a. It's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Would you call beautiful. it pumpkin orange? Pumpkin orange. Ooh. I feel like there was a purpose in me winning that instrument when when I had been in that band that I was talking about from many many years before. They, we, I left not on good terms. They, they released an album that I played on without my name attached to it. Mm. And uh, there was a lot of resentments going on. And I really sort of had this dream of being able to record um, music Beautiful. and be on, and be like on an album mm -hmm. and like have my name attached to it and have like something, some kind of professional project where I got to, you know, where I got to be a part of it. And so really that's where it led my, you know, I, the shortly after winning that base, somebody, uh, a friend, uh, a new friend asked me to join his band and it was a very professional band. 
It was, um, he, he came from a band called Grace Potter and the Nocturnals. And he formed a band and asked me to be the bass player. And, um, and we you can, you can say who that was and what the name of the band was, if you want. Yeah. So the, the leader, the, the leader of the band is Scott Tournay and the band uh, became electric voodoo is what it was, what it is called. I don't play in the band any longer, but I helped to get that band off the ground and, started touring around with them and recording with them. And so I got to record this album with me playing bass on it. And there's my name on on the, on the vinyl, you know, (laughs) what did you say? On your one bass, (laughs) W-O-N. Yep. So, so just so awesome that I'm very, I feel very lucky that I got to you know, record music and, you know, be, be attached to the project. When the band started touring more than just doing local stuff, I sort of lost interest. I, I just, I didn't want to go tour, touring with the band. Yeah. I just, I, I wasn't interested in that. You know, Evan, thank you so much for sharing that. And, and there's a few things here. I remember specifically saying to you, you're only going to win with one ticket. So buy one ticket. I think it's precious that you knew, like with the first ticket, that was the one I won. Like you knew the difference between the two t- tickets. Like that was just verification. Like, yeah, I just need to buy one, right? Um, right, and you then, did say that. And then you, you really practiced the art of allowing because you went and you had a good time. Like, yeah, in the back of your head, you were like, um, am I gonna win? I really want that. When are we gonna do it? But at the same time, more of your energy, your higher energy was in the presence of these people. Like, how amazing is that, that your childhood hero handed you this base that you really, like, could you ever have imagined that story? Like, a lot of us think that we're really great story writers or what have you, but I really always like to say that God, spirit, the universe, whatever you choose to call this greater power that created all is the best story writer ever. And that then I, you, Colin, and all the rest of us are the storytellers. I'm not the story. In a sense, I guess we are, because you put that base in your vortex. You put interacting with your childhood heroes in your vortex. And then the universe and its unlimited um, resources and imagination put together this culmination of all these different events, you know, your teacher saying, we're going to cancel the class, you know, you going into this store and saying, you know, all these things, like never in my wildest dreams, can I ever imagine half the stuff that happens to me or others? Um, so. <laughs> well, but I, I totally agree, you know, just that, that combination of events and boy, being, being around the childhood of heroes, holy cow. Yeah, that's just, priceless. So just surreal. <laughs> there's a bunch of things in that story thank you so much for sharing it evan i hadn't heard the story at all so i was like riveted to the whole thing i i think it's amazing i think it's really great that we're sharing that with other people um you know a, a few things jumped out at me um because i think a lot of people would have been where you were at when you were thinking that, you know before your talk with stephanie um i'm gonna buy 50 tickets you know <laughs> this, this might be a whatever 
four or five, six thousand dollar base, but I'm gonna I'm gonna buy fifty, you know, fifty tickets. I'm gonna spend five hundred dollars, and I'm gonna increase my odds. And that sounds logical to us, you know, like it's like well, it's a statistical chance, and therefore, you know, if I buy more tickets. But I think the thing that I try to impress upon people is if you're leaving something completely, first of all, it's really difficult to leave something like that up to chance because if we're participating in it with our energy and our vibration, our energy and our vibration is gonna affect the outcome. Doesn't mean it's gonna determine the outcome, but it's gonna be in the mix. So it's very difficult to like let anything in life that you're involved in just be a statistical chance because if you have any energy or vibration around it, it's gonna affect the outcome. So it's not a pure statistical thing anymore. Um, but the other thing is, is that it's very possible, and I used to do this a lot, I think, before I learned about the law of attraction and the art of allowing, and certainly before I was a client of Stephanie's coaching, which is that I could do something that in the, in the practical, you know, things we can touch and feel world would, would look like it was increasing my chances. But it, if I did that thing with the energy of, I'm afraid, because if I had done that, like if I had been in this story and I'd spent $500 on tickets, my, I can promise you, I don't know about you, but my dominant vibration thought feeling from that point would be like, oh my God, what if I spent this $500 and I don't win it? What if I don't win it? What if I don't win it? And the universe is going to pick up on that and go, oh, you have to win it. Yeah. Yeah. You're in this very intense uh, fear that you seem to like, Colin, of like not that you'll that you that you will have screwed yourself financially, and that you know you, you're not going to win this thing. It seems like you keep putting out that vibration. I I guess that's what we'll give you, you know. And it's like I would have the fear that they my primary thing that I would just be thinking out of fear is like they don't call my name, they don't call my name. What if they don't call my name, you know? And then that most times that's that is what you're going to manifest like that is what would i i would have created if i had done that and you that's know? happened like, to all of us with something yeah, i can totally yeah. relate to that in a lot of situations completely i mean I've, told, I've, I've said this on multiple episodes but when i first moved to los angeles i've been driving my whole life but i was really unprepared for like what seemed to be like the dangers of driving in, in LA. There's just a lot of times where people feel like they've got to cut in front of somebody or they've got to beat a light and it's, it's, it can be scary. And I didn't check in with anybody. And I was thinking every day as I drove to work and from work, I had a pretty long drive in both ways. And I just be like, Oh my God, you know, this is so crazy. One of these days I'm going to get a horrible accident. And I was thinking that for a year. And at the end of the year, I was driving to work one morning and I got T-boned and I, my car was just, I was fine, but my car was destroyed. And when I looked at the, the destroyed car, I was like, I've seen that picture before. I, that's the picture I had in my head. Oh, wow. And I was telling the universe, I'm really jazzed about this picture. I'm really jazzed about this picture. I'm really jazzed about this picture. And the universe one day said, okay, here's the picture live 3d. And just you know? so everyone was, knows the universe doesn't really differentiate. <laughs> differentiate between that it's it's not connected or anything it's just matching our vibration and that's what yeah. vibration was is like yeah it's not I'm a value judgment yeah i'm gonna get an accident it's like i was putting was out vibration. oh my god yeah terrible accident terrible accident and the universe is like oh okay terrible accident here you go <laughs> yeah. you know, you know it, you know what was an interesting thing about my story as well too is that I had no intention, okay, though, of, hey, I'm going to win this base and I'm going to 
and I'm going to record an album and play yeah. percussion for a while. Like somehow the, the universe conspired to make that happen. And it knew that deep down there was this thing in me that wanted that. And I wasn't even so aware of that myself, but the vibration of it being in me as a desire was somehow picked up. Yeah. Well, thank you, Evan, for saying that because the universe, God, spirit knows every request, whether thought or spoken remembers it all even to the point where I don't even remember half the stuff I've put in my vortex that I've asked for and 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 then remembers everything and then is able to look at look at all those things that you wanted I like I share this with Colin all the time that blows my mind too how the universe can put all these different like five or ten different things whether it be a feeling a moment a person an object an experience into this one moment of time and I'm just like blown away. Oh my God, I wanted that. Oh my God. Just like you said, this experience, there were so many things that you went and half of them you didn't even remember that you had put in there. But yet that's the beautiful thing about the game of life. The way it's set up is so wonderful. And that's why Colin and I are here is to remind people, tell them, teach them how to play the game of life and win, which is really with the art of allowing. That's what it's all like. That's our part. And then you did that. That's a perfect example. You went, you had a great time. You were so happy and thankful that enjoying these people and this, and the excitement of possibly winning and, you know, and, and I, I really want people to remember and myself too, I'm always blown away. It's not that we don't have negative emotion or negative thoughts. They're there. But that when there, we creep over that 51% with more positive emotion, that's, that's the scale. Like then that's when the magic can happen. And then we're in the, the mode of allowing something big or small think, and anything in between to happen. I, I think another important part of that story that, that occurred to me, jumped out at me is something you did not do early on in the events, which is because I've done what I'm about to talk about and I've had a negative result come from it, which is, you, you know, you got, ex you, you asked the questions about like, well, can I buy the tickets now? And they're like, nope, you know, the whole part of the whole point of this is to get people to the event. So you got to come to the event on the day. That's the only day that like, you, you're going to only be able to buy the ticket and win in the same day. Can't be here. That's it. And like what I might've done at that point, knowing that I was committed to my class, as you said, you were, I might have gone an extra step though and gotten into like some depression and some sort of, you know, like negative, really kind of deep trough negative feeling while I told myself, well, this is how it always goes for me. This is how it always works out. You know, something awesome is happening and I can't go because of a prior commitment. I guess this means I just can't win the base. And you didn't do that. Like you didn't do that. Like I, I was listening really carefully during your, your telling of that part of the story. And like, I loved how you talked about it because it was like, you didn't tell the universe, hey, you know, I never have any luck and I have class that day. So don't, <laughs> don't give me the base. What you said was, you know, there's two really wonderful things in my life that I would love to go to. I would love to go to this event, just to go to the event, but also to have a chance at winning this guitar, this bass guitar. But you know what? I'm also really enjoying and I feel good about the class that I'm taking right now. And I want to stay committed to that. And I want to, honor my uh, decision and my choice to go to that class too. So it is a little bit unfortunate maybe that I have these two awesome things to go to,
but it's not like I'm saying like, oh, my life sucks because I can't go to the thing I want to go to. Like the way you talked about it, it's like, I have two things I really want to go to. It is a challenging decision, but I'm going to choose to go to my class and I'm just going to trust that my life is going to work out okay. You yeah, know, that, with or without that. That's exactly correct. That's really exactly correct. It would have been a failure of integrity for me to have not gone to my class. And so that- but You would have been in a negative, like if you skipped the class and gone to the event- like All if, that negative stuff would have would have been there with me that, that I had failed to really honor sort of my commitments and honor myself. And yeah, um, yeah and just like you were saying with like overbuying tickets, you know, I never even really thought about that myself. That would have completely- spurred negative energy negative energy of of yeah. you know i have to win now because of this investment and that gets yeah. in that whole self-will and self-reliance thing of not trusting or you know um deprivation thinking all of that kind of stuff i gotta make it happen it's all up to me manipulate this or nothing yeah all those things that we could do as humans i think that's yep. the, the most challenging part for me but it's so funny that it is because it's so obvious you know like it's so obvious that I don't you know if I want it to be a sunny day I don't have a lever in my bedroom that says sunny you know? <laughs> but like, I will get into sort of things of like it can't be you know I, oh my god it just can't range it it just can't it just can't you know mm-hmm. and but it so I mean it's silly because we we know there's something bigger than us in charge we know there's something bigger than us influencing timing and how things show up and when things show up and who gets what and all that and yet um i think a lot of us grow up with this idea of like no it's our job to like think what ought to be and then make sure it's all happening that way and get really frustrated when it's not happening the way we we wanted it to be and i think what i've learned from stephanie and from other people abraham and wayne dyer and all these people is you know i i have a my role is really minimal when i think about it it's really minimal Really, like tell the universe what I want and then just have a good day and enjoy my life and don't worry about it. That is when stuff that I really want shows up. And it seems paradoxical. It's like the message our society, I think another reason we're doing this podcast is like the message society gives you a lot is like, it's all on you. If you want that job at Google, you have to work hard. You have to go, you know, knock on the doors of the people at Google. You have to tell them that you have to work. You know, there's a lot of that in our society. And it's like what they miss there, it's not that that can't work, but it, it means that it's, it's gonna go off your vibration, not off your action. So if you, if you do all this like stuff, but you are feeling great about it and you're convinced you'll get the job at Google and you trust the universe, then yes, you can do all these things and it'll still work. But like, that's actually putting way more, you don't have to work that hard. You know, you, you can do, you can just get quiet and say, okay, what is the universe really saying that is my part in doing this? You know, and usually my intuition will tell me like, no, don't go knock on a door. If you go knock on a door, you're going to be like, oh my God, what if I don't get this? So you just like, you know, send an email to your friend who used to work at Google and go to the beach and have a good day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Look at the ocean, see what an amazing universe and world you live in. See how, inc- what incredible miracles are there you know, watch little kids playing and, and having fun, watch dogs chasing tennis balls. And, you know, and that is a better way for most people to get something they want than to like, you know, make a list and like do really hard thing number one and put your, uh, you know, and like come at it because so many of us not knowing 
will go at that method with the belief that it's not going to show up anyway. So we do all this hard work and then the manifestation is like, oh, see, I did all this work and it didn't work out. So you guys have spurred a, a memory for me of an experience I had in, in talking about, you know, oh, well, I missed my chance kind of a thing, or it's got to happen now, or it won't happen at all, or I, you know, I messed up. So I, years ago, I wanted a gemstone ring. And I had an idea of what it would look like. And so I went to the jewelry exchange building downtown and was looking at a bunch of different rings, found one I really liked. And then I had one of the art um, gemstone people look at it and he goes, oh, well, I liked it was multicolored. And he goes, well, that's not a real stone. He's like, there's layers of something on it and eventually it'll peel away. And I was really disappointed because I was excited about getting this gemstone ring. And then the one I wanted wasn't even real at, at all. And so I, I just remember getting really depressed because here I was excited about having a gemstone ring and buying myself one. And then the one I wanted wasn't even the real deal. So I remember just being really down and depressed for like several weeks. And I think a couple of months have gone by. I kind of forgot about it. And I was hanging out with a friend and we were with this woman and I'm, we were near a thrift store and I said, Hey, why don't we go into this thrift store? I want to just kind of look around. And so we're looking around and I'm at the a glass case and I see a ring and I go, Oh, I tell the woman behind the counter, I go, can I see that ring? And she goes, yeah, it's an amethyst ring. And I put it on my finger and my friend says to me, that's real. She's like, my dad was, cause I had asked her, how much do you want for it? And she goes, a dollar. And I go, and my friend's like, I put it on. I go, isn't it pretty? And she goes, that's a real ring. That's a real amethyst. And that's gold. She's like, my dad was a jeweler. And the, and I said for a dollar and the lady goes, yeah. <laughs> so I can, and it was a little, the stone was dirty. So it looked kind of like foggy or whatever. And I get, and it, it was cool because the band was, it looked very old, like, you know, kind of the designs were really intricate and it was, a, a, it was a square stone. It was, so I took it home and washed it up. It was beautiful. I got it for a dollar. I was going to spend like $150 two or three months prior for one. So what I'm saying is I was blown away. And I think what I want people to understand too, is like, if something doesn't happen when we want it to, in the way that we think it should, or we feel like we missed our chance. I love what Abraham says. There's another boat. Like we say, Oh, I missed the boat. Like, no, that Abraham says there's another boat and another boat and another boat. So the universe has infinite possibilities of how it can deliver what we want in full manifestation. So that experience is like, I think about it. You guys reminded me of that of all the talking we're doing now. And um, that was a beautiful example of my experience of like, so being depressed, like I don't get depressed that often, but I was really disappointed because I was excited about getting this ring and then finding out it's not what I wanted. And I was like, I can't have what I want. And then lo and behold i was just going in there to look for whatever and <laughs> there's um there's a couple of stories from my music life i'll try to tell them really quick um one is one i read about one is one i actually met the person um and then compare and contrast really interestingly uh one is somebody i knew i'll keep their identity a secret but they were uh, an incredible musician like an incredible rock musician and uh many years ago they were in a major city in america and they were in a band and they were packing the clubs in whatever the city that they were in. 
and they found out that the a the uh the a and r person which is like those are the people less common today but back in the day of rock albums and vinyl and all that those are the people that would sign bands onto the label that would look for new new bands to sign and they would make the record deal with the person so um the a and r person for a world famous band at that point um they had found out that they were that person was going to come see the show that night and um they were all excited and everything and then um the show ended up not going that great like they had a few technical difficulties um something with the sound system something like that um and the A&R person came but they never heard from anything from that again and really, as the person I was talking to told it, it's like everyone in the band um, felt like their career was over at that point. Like they had played, they had gotten one shot for the big time, you know, and this thing that was kind of random, they didn't invite this person that was just like word of mouth, whatever. And they got the thing that they thought was what they needed to get a record deal. And then the show didn't go the way they wanted. There's no telling whether if they played the show the way they really wanted to, whether the A&R person would have been affected by that anyway. But, you know, in their minds, they connected the poor performance or the technical problems to never hearing from the A&R person. And most of the people in that band, like, literally either quit music after that or, you know, formed a belief after that from that they held for many years that they couldn't be successful and sad to say they lived that out I mean they they didn't you know none of them made money at, at music the counter example is the band Van Halen I read an unauthorized biography of Van Halen a few years ago and um they uh were a cover band in Los Angeles for many years and they just uh, the Van Halen brothers were incredible musicians David Lee Roth the original lead singer was an incredible performer and so they could just, they learned like hundreds and hundreds of covers and they became a very popular cover band. They would play backyard shows everywhere, all over LA. Uh, they became regulars at this bar on the Sunset Strip that actually like was mainly played cover bands and, um, you know, worked their way up. One night they uh, opened for the band Kiss in the late seventies uh, at, I think it was the Whiskey A Go Go. And Kiss at that point was like the most famous rock band in the world like they were the top of the top and gene simmons the, the leader of that band uh, was so impressed with their opening act that he paid in full for them to do a full demo which is actually on youtube now it's weird the time we live in but uh, you can actually look this up and listen to it but he paid for a full demo meaning which in those days was very very expensive it's still not cheap but you know he rented a studio for weeks paid for the whole thing himself you know, had his people, his producer, all these people come in. I mean, as you can listen to it on YouTube, it's pretty, it's a pretty good demo, but it's almost like a full album. Usually a demo is only, only a few songs. I think there's like seven or eight on this thing. Gene Simmons personally, when he finished it, you know, oversaw the mixing, oversaw the mastering, took the master to every major record label in town personally, made an with the A&R at that label and played the demo for them and I mean, so this is your, if you're in a rock band in, in 1977 or whatever, like this is your ultimate, like this is like, we're going to be signed. Like the leader of the largest rock band on earth, you know, is, you know, made a demo for it, made the best demo ever and is personally going to the record, like how you can't increase your odds anymore. Every single major album, uh, major recording company passed, cold, no interest whatsoever, none. And Gene Simmons was 
devastated emotionally. And he, cause he just felt like, I know they're good. I saw them play. I know the demo's good. Like they just don't get it or whatever. So he went back to Eddie and David and all these people and said, I am so sorry, guys. I was like, I'll give you full rights. You own this master, do whatever you want with it. I'm, I, I don't care. He's like, I went to every label in town and nobody wants to do it. I'm so sorry. I can't, I've done everything I can do. And they didn't stop. They just kept going. They just kept going. And then they got signed later. And I just feel like when I remember that story, it's like that story would have destroyed almost every band, up and coming band I've ever met, including all the ones I've probably been in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to have something that would look on the surface, like statistically, like we will be on the cover of Rolling Stone this year. You know, how could we not be to because that happened and nobody liked it, we might as well go do something else for the rest of our lives because what are we going to do? The fact that they were just like, well, we just love this. And, you know, if we if we end up just playing covers for the rest of our lives in people's backyards, that's fine because we just love it so much um, that the universe brought their, you know, fame and fortune in a different way in a different time, you know? And that's the thing. It's like, you can't, it's really easy to want to tell the universe this way, you know, <laughs> yeah. or now that this has happened, <laughs> I better get whatever but what we don't understand is like that's, we can't that relate to that can we <laughs> no not at all that that's it the love was there and yeah. you know in in my life when the love is there and so the next right indicated steps come from that okay so I mean without without some kind of very specific plan in place maybe I've got a plan but whatever whatever my if the love is behind what i'm doing the next right indicated step is is going to just be there okay in terms of you know what we were talking about before in terms of oh you've got to make this list and work 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 but no it's really the next right indicated step out of that mm -hmm. love will be there and then and then we'll see well and then yeah. the next indicated step and then the next indicated yep, step absolutely right? that yeah. there's always there's always there's always actions that we have to take but i think when they're motivated by love of something rather than i must have this yeah you know i think there's maybe going to be a difference and i love when i heard wayne dyer speak of this and it's like inspired is in spirit and and i love when i'm inspired to do something cuz there's no like having to force or make it or motivation inspired is like i'm infused with the power and the energy and the willingness and desire to do it and it just it just happens there's no it's not hard at all i had a, i had an acting audition recently and you know got some help with doing it self tape out of home and you know people are asking hey you know what happened you know anything happened and i was like yeah something happened i got to apply my craft to do an audition. I got <laughs> right asked to do an audition and I did it. Right on. You know, and that is the success right into itself. Yeah. You know, having to get, you know, winning that job, boy, yeah, that'd be great, but not necessarily. I got to do my craft when I was asked to audition. That right was, on. that was the success. Yeah. And what a switch of thinking, right, Evan? Ab absolutely. Absolutely. Of, that's you know, that softening that resistance and being more appreciative and in the moment kind of like, yeah, it's cool. Yep. I want to say for our audience also, um, you are an incredible actor, especially in an incredible 
actor. There's <laughs> your stand-up when you said comedy, I was like, oh man, I remember you closed for that comedy class that night, the one that you were in. And oh wow, you you were amazing. It's on tape and I can hear you laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd have to send it to me. I would love to relive that. I we sure. were all in awe. In awe. Yeah, you yeah. got it. You got it. There's a commercial, a 30-second commercial you did, um, which I'd like to put the link for that in the in the um, description here. I, I forget what company it was for, but it, it was, was cre you know, Credit Karma, <laughs> where, where I played Cyclops. <laughs> yes, a bunch of monsters just like hanging around talking about. Yeah, it, it's and you're brilliant in it. Like when I saw it, I was like, wow, that's like it's just the perfect performance. And also, you are one of the I most and you're one of the most incredible bass players I've ever seen. And I lived in New York city, went to clubs every night and like saw some of the best bass players in the world. And you're, you're among them. Um, and I know you're not affiliated with the band anymore, but the um, electric voodoo record is incredible. Um, I'll put the links to that for people in the description as well, because even though you're not affiliated with them, your bass work is on there in full display and it is some of the best bass work I've ever yeah, heard. So yeah. thanks. I've, seeing you was it the belly up we saw you I, you performed yeah, belly up. Belly yeah. Up. yeah that was awesome that's I, that's very kind of you guys thanks for that well we I'm still, appreciate I'm, you I'm still <laughs> I'm still playing I don't know what you know who knows where the where the next gig is going to be but I am definitely definitely playing I'm actually playing a different bass now though the 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 bass that I won it was it ended up eventually being not the right bass for me it was too it was too heavy a little too big so i've actually gone with a smaller sized instrument that is better suited to her, towards my my hands so i've got a new bass and i'm playing <laughs> and it was it was yours for a moment in time right something you'll never forget and, oh man and I, then it was it was on to someone else, right? Someone else is probably enjoying it and appreciating it as much as you and serving it, them as well as it did you. I, I would have to put, say absolutely on that. Like it really, it served it, it served its purpose. And then I guess it was time for somebody else to enjoy it. I mean, I love that bass and I, and I, and I do miss it from, from time to time, but it, you know, my my body and my hands were were not it was yeah. it was time to let it go yeah. yeah sometimes things are not a perfect fit and then they move on yep somebody i'm sure somebody is loving that instrument Absolutely. <laughs> well thank you so much evan for being here today uh, stephanie and i are so grateful that you're able to join us i love that story thank you for sharing it with not just with us but with so many people um, and we hope everybody out there uh, enjoyed the podcast today. Um, if you feel called to like or subscribe to us, uh, please do. It helps us a lot. Uh, Stephanie, if they want to find, if someone would like to find you on the interwebs. Um, of course, it's in the link. And then www.powerenjoy, P-O-W-E-R-I-N-J-O-Y.com. And uh, my links are changing all the time now, so you should just follow whatever's in the description. Um, if you want to follow my band, we're Red Treasure and we're on Spotify and iTunes and everywhere else. All right. Um, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Evan. Uh, and we will see or hear you all next week on Co-Creation Station. Thank Have you, guys. It was great, to, great seeing you and thanks for asking me.
Thank you, Evan. It's good to see you, my friend. Same here.